If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. Acts chapter 15. Next, okay, two weeks from today on the 25th, I want you to mark your calendars. We're going to have a really special service. You, you guys know, remember David Hall from Adelaide, Australia? He's not coming. But his dad is. We're going to have Pastor Tim Hall with us who has done crusades, big time crusades all over the world for many years. And, uh, um, and we are privileged to be able to have him come to be with us at One Cause Church on September the 25th. Come and bring somebody with you. I'm telling you, it's going to rock and roll. All right? Amen. It's going to be good. Hey, did you guys enjoy Pastor Charles Sunday night? Oh, man. Yeah. I'm still buzzing over that deal. That was great. And thank you all for being here. Wow, what a great crowd we had. He just couldn't get over it. Just kept talking about the, the crowd that we had come. I said, yeah, this is no ordinary church here, man. Amen. Yeah, we, we like church better than football. I mean, we like football, but we like church better. Yeah. All right? Acts chapter 15, let's go to it. Verse 1, and certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless, <clears throat> unless you are circumcised. According to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. I imagine that's how they talk. All right? All right, this is a problem. All right, first of all, that you've got to listen to somebody with a voice like that. But secondly, that you've got to listen to that kind of message. All right? Unless you're circumcised, he said, then... According to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. So here's the deal. Paul and Barnabas, as, we, as you guys saw last week in Acts chapter 14, I mean, these guys did some amazing work. That chapter covers actually, actually quite a length of time because they took time uh, planting churches. They took time preaching the gospel. There were miracles that took place during that time. Uh, uh, there was, remember the man that was lame and, and Paul was preaching and he saw that the man had faith to be healed, right? It was, a, it was an awesome deal and, the, and Paul told him to rise up and he got up and he was made strong. I mean, lots of things happened. And then also, not only did they plant these churches, but they also took the time to set up the church government in those churches, all right? So lots of work had been done. Lots of time, lots of sowing, lots of labor, fasting and prayer, all right? This was no... This little missionary trip, you know, for a couple of weeks. I mean, these guys were in it. I mean, they were in the trenches of building the church. And uh, so now that we see that that had happened, it was all this hard work. Then these guys show up from Judea and they come to Antioch to undermine or to disqualify Paul and Barnabas, their message, their work, as well as their reputation. Now, these guys that had come with this message or with this False doctrine is what was what it is. They were either Pharisees or they were influenced by Pharisees, and we'll see that later in this chapter. So, but what they the thing that they present, this is no side issue, really. This is no smaller issue. This is actually about justification. They're saying what they are saying is you cannot be saved, you cannot be justified if you're not circumcised. All right? So this is a matter of the very foundational thing about our Christianity, all right? So there's a problem here. Therefore, verse 2, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension, of, I imagine, and dispute with them, I mean, not only did they fully believe the gospel, that is, that Christ died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose again from the dead, and we're saved by grace through faith. Can I get an amen? All 
All right? I mean, they're adamant about it. They're strong in that. But also all the time and the labor and the prayers and all the things that they had gone through just to get the church established, of course there's dissension and of course there's dispute. They determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the big boys, the apostles and elders about this question. Well, it didn't look like these guys were asking if this is true or not. Uh, they, were, they were up there spreading a different gospel. So being sent on their way, verse 3, by way of the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing the conversion of the Gentiles. I love this about Paul. He just, as soon as he comes into a city, he sees a crowd of people, he has to say something. Right? I mean, they're, they're on a very important mission to get to Jerusalem, right? I mean, this is, there's some problems going on. This is where, I mean, this is a crossroads right here about what they're going to teach and what they're going to preach. And so there's this great dissension, this great dispute among them. And as they're going to Jerusalem to try to get these matters settled, they come to Phoenicia and Paul's like, hey, let's preach while we're here. Let's, talk, let's tell the good news, right? So they get to Phoenicia and they just start to describing to these people all these amazing things that have happened to the Gentiles, which was miraculous, right? This is still all revolutionary to them that God was not only presenting, he was not only the redeemer of Israel, but also of the Gentiles as well. And then they came down to Samaria, same thing, they're describing. And listen, look at the result of what they're doing. Describing the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused, they caused great joy to all the brethren. You know, you can change how people feel by the words that come out of your mouth. The scripture talks about how our tongue can bring health. It can promote health. It says the tongue of the wise in Proverbs promotes health. All right? If you've got something ugly to say, just keep it to yourself. Swallow those ugly words. All right? Amen. Cause great joy. What were they doing? They were just bragging on Jesus. They were just talking about the wonderful works of God. They were carrying on that message that started with the angels. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 says this. Listen to this. Then the angels said to them, when the angels showed up to the shepherds out on the field, remember this, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. All right? So we have a message that we can carry. We have a message that we can speak that can bring great joy wherever we go. That's powerful. All right? Good news brings great joy. Verse 4, And when they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders. You know who the apostles are, the big 12, right? Peter, James, John, and then that guy Matthias who got in by the spin of the bottle. All right? And they reported all things that God had done with them. Watch this. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed, and check this out, some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed rose up saying, it is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Welcome to the Pharisees. Huh? The party balloon poppers. The pinata with nothing but sugar-free candy. The Monday in your week. Huh? The wah-wah at the woo-hoo convention. Welcome to the Pharisees. The vegetarian at deer camp. They, they are believers, it's what this says, 
they are believers, yet they are more Pharisees than they are believers. This is kind of their M.O., right? I, I, uh, I want you to jump over to John chapter 8 for a moment. We, we can see another attitude here of the, of the same kind with the Pharisees. John chapter 8, verse 31, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, all right? And he's specifically talking about the Pharisees. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you abide in my word, all right, abide in my word. And then you know the very next verse, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And when he said that, they said, why are you telling us that you're going to make us free? We're already free. We're children of Abraham, right? So then Jesus said, well, if you were of Abraham, then you would have welcomed me. You would have been happy to, to know me. And then they get into this argument, right? And before long, they said, we're of, we're of our father Abraham. And Jesus said, let me tell you something. You're of your father, the devil. That's who you are. All right? Because you're not receiving my words. The words that I bring are life. In the same chapter, all right, verse 31, it, it said, Jesus said, if you'll abide in my word, he said to those Jews who believed him. Now look at, look at verse 58, I think. Is that right, Michael? Jesus said to them, most surely I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And here we go. Verse 59, then they took up stones to throw at him. Guess what? They didn't abide, did they? If you abide in my word, you're my disciples. I mean, by this, I mean, just at the end of the conversation, took up throw, stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself, went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. All right? So this is the, they believe, but they believe to a certain level. And their level is that they believe as long as it fits into their re religious criteria. As long as it lines up with their doctrinal statement, with their denominational stance. Ooh, oops. You have to understand, though, they, they studied the scriptures, right? These Pharisees don't just walk around and grab a name tag and say, Pharisee, ah, look what I am now. All right? they, don't, they earned this title, all right? They studied the scriptures. So I want now us to look at a couple of scriptures that they probably quoted or used in their argument for this case that you've got to be circumcised to be justified, all right? So let's, let's kind of take their side for just a moment, all right? Just a moment, though. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 48, and listen to what this says. This is the Lord speaking, and he says, And when a stranger dwells with you, that, that would be Gentiles, anybody outside the covenant, when a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised. Then let him come near and keep it, and he shall be as a native of the land. For no uncircumcised person shall eat it. One law shall be for the native born and for the stranger who dwells among you. All right, that's a pretty good case. And then we go to Isaiah chapter 56 and verse 6. It says, also the sons of the foreigner who joined themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord to be his servants, Everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house should be called a house of prayer for all nations. All right, so this is what they had known. These are foreigners. These are outsiders coming in. They said, wait a second, according to the law, these guys have to be circumcised. They have to go through the, they have to keep the Sabbath. They got to, you know, uh, uh, live up to the standards of the law of Moses. It only made sense to them. So, I mean, if the Pharisees believed anything, they, they believed one could be justified before God by keeping the law. So for a Pharisee to really be a Christian, it, it would take more than an acknowledgement 
that Jesus was the Messiah, he, he, he would have to forsake his own attempts to justify himself by keeping the law and accept fully and only the work of Jesus as the basis of his justification. And that was very difficult for him to do. Uh, in Lystra, back in, uh, in chapter 14, uh, Eric talked about last week, Paul and Barnabas, they didn't, they didn't allow the, the pagans that they were preaching to, the Gentiles, to merely add Jesus to their, uh, their pantheon, if you will, of Roman gods. They, they were, it was kind of Hinduistic in the, in, in the same way that they had many, many gods, right? And Paul was not allowing them to just say, oh, just add Jesus to your little figurines there and, you know, just put him in the mix of all of it. And as a matter of fact, they said to turn from their, their vain ways, turn from their gods, and serve the one and only true God. Do you remember that? So these Pharisees who had become Christians, they had to do virtually the same thing. Turn from their, their own efforts to earn their way before God by keeping the law and look only to Jesus. In a nutshell, they were saying, Jesus helps you to justify yourself through keeping the law. That was basically as far as their belief system went. All right? But Paul himself, who was a former Pharisee, as a matter of fact, he said, if there was any Pharisee, I was the Pharisee. I sat at the feet of a guy named Gamaliel. Apparently Gamaliel was the hot dog, right? I mean, he must have been the guy to learn from. Who became a Christian, but he, uh, Paul became a Christian, but he came to know that Jesus didn't help him do what a Pharisee did and only better he came to the conclusion that Jesus was his salvation, not just a way to salvation. That Christ himself was his deliverance. Paul wrote later on in Galatians chapter 2, he said this, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. That sums it up right there, doesn't it? This Pharisee had a full conversion that is all about Jesus and nothing else. Amen? And, he, and, and so that's why it was difficult for these other Pharisees to get it. They thought you could just mix the two things. For justification. They said, yeah, you accept Jesus and do the works of the law, then you're good. And Paul said, no, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's Christ and Christ alone. Amen. So this has to be resolved, though. Here's the thing. This really has to be resolved. In these, if, the, if the church is going to go forward, they've got to fix this problem here. As I said earlier, this dispute is over whether they are saved or not. All right, now let's pick up at verse 6 now of Acts 15. You guys okay? Now the apostles and the elders came together to consider this matter. And when there had been, again, much dispute, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God chose among us that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them. He didn't acknowledge them before, but now he has. How? By giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us, and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. This had to have felt like acid being poured over their skin as these Pharisees heard this, this message. 
Because here's Peter acknowledging that the Gentiles receive Christ. They receive justification by faith. And Peter says, hey, here's the, here's the evidence, guys. This is really strong, ladies and gentlemen. He's, what he is really saying here is the fact that God gave them the Holy Spirit. Well, how did Peter know that God gave Cornelius and those guys the Holy Spirit? Those are the first Gentiles. How did they know that God gave them the Holy Spirit? Because they heard them speak with other tongues. They heard them speak in tongues. And Peter, he came to the conclusion that, whoa, 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 these guys must be believers then. Listen to me. It was proof that they had received justification. The fact that he heard them speaking in tongues because Peter also heard something else that Jesus said. Jesus said, these signs will follow believers. And one of those signs is they'll speak in new tongues. So Peter came to the conclusion that unbelievers don't speak in tongues. Believers speak in tongues. So the fact that we're hearing them speak in tongues, that tells me that something has happened on the inside. We didn't get to pray a prayer with them. We didn't get them see them fill out a decision card. We heard them speak in tongues. So my conclusion is, listen to me, believers. He said, my, my conclusion then is they must be saved. All right? Now this is something that we all need to remember as believers. To believe. Now sit back and go, well, I don't know. I don't know if that's of God or not. Listen to that. Does that sound demonic to you? That sound like they're making that up to you? No, they're believers. All right? They didn't even question if what was going on. Oh, is this really the Holy Ghost? Somebody, we need a spirit of discernment here right now. Somebody, we need that right. Huh? They just knew because Peter heard Jesus say, believers will speak in tongues. All right? You do a whole lot better just believing what Jesus said and trying to rationalize it all out. Huh? So salvation is a matter of a heart that believes. That's what he said, God purifying their hearts by faith. That's the only conclusion that we can come to is that as they heard the gospel, as these these first Gentiles heard the gospel by Peter's mouth, he said, in Acts chapter 10, it says, as Peter was still speaking these words, and the words were, whoever believes on him will receive remission of sins. It was that simple. And the very next thing that happened, they were all speaking in tongues. When they heard the gospel, their hearts said, I believe that. Think about it for a moment. That's how easy it is for us to be justified by faith. That's how easy it is for people to come into the kingdom of God. (laughs) It's beautiful. It's beautiful. This tells us just how very little effort it takes on our part that Jesus did the overwhelming amount of work and effort for us to come into a right relationship with God Almighty. All we do is, I believe. And God says, thank you, I'll take you forever. (laughs) I love that. Paul later wrote in Romans, this is another stinger right here, chapter 2, verse 29. But he is a Jew, listen to this, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. Paul says, you think you're a Jew? Our Jewishness is no longer about the outside. Our Jewishness or our covenant with God, the recognition that we are the children of God, now is a matter of the heart. 
Now, therefore, verse 10, and if you happen to be Jewish, which my friend here is part Jew, if you happen to be Jewish, you get the double blessing. Wow. And believe on Christ, you get the natural blessing and the spiritual blessing. That's why I'm hanging around this guy a little bit more. Rub off on me a little bit. Okay, verse 10. Now, therefore, why do you, listen to what Peter says, all right? Now, he comes to this conclusion. He says, listen, guys, God purified their hearts. He made no distinction between us and them. Purifying their hearts by faith. Verse 10. Now, therefore, why do you test God? Here's what, the, here's what legalism does. Listen to me. The real thing that happens with this false doctrine, he says, it's testing God. Wow. Why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor us nor we were able to bear? Why are you giving them rules and regulations that none of you have been able to keep? Right? Do as I say, not as I do. That's their rule. Do as I say, not as I do. I don't practice this, but I certainly preach it. But we believe, but we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. I mean, this is just putting the knife in and twisting it. Huh? Isn't that something? Let's be honest here. Look, listen to me, Pharisees. We actually get saved the same way they do. Oh. In other words, through faith in Jesus. It, through faith in Him, all of a sudden, there is no distinction. There's no Jew. There's no Greek. There's no male. There's no female. There's no black. There's no brown. Nobody ever says brown. There's no white. Are you hearing me? There's no charismatic. There's no Baptist. No Presbyterian. Huh? We are all saved the same way by grace through faith in Christ. Verse 12, then all the multitude kept silent. Yeah, I think I'd shut up too after that message. And listen to Barnabas and Paul declaring again how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. And after they had become silent, James, he's sitting right here in the room tonight, James answered saying, men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, after this I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. Wow, so James reaches back, and he, he also connects some dots here for everybody. He says, you remember the time of David, the tabernacle of David, which was basically a tent, just a tent, and the ark of God was set up in this tent, and everybody could come into the presence of God. If it was at the tabernacle of Moses, it sat behind two different veils, right? The the people could not go past the first veil, but some of the priests could come past the first veil, but only one guy could go past the second veil, which was called the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant rested. And in that Ark, there were three things. There were, remember the angels, the two angels that faced each other? The two angels, those two angels represent Michael and Gabriel. Notice there's no third angel there. There was a third angel. Facing each other. Overlaid in gold on top, and inside there were three things. 
Aaron's rod, a little pot of manna. Remember else? The tablets. All right? If you want to remember those three things that were in the ark, you could just put it in B's. The, the book or the Bible, which we, the law, we'd say the Bible today. The bud, the rod that budded, and the bread, the manna. The bud, the Bible, and the bread. All right? And it's interesting that all three of those things are manifestations of the Word of God. All three of those things are the manifestations of the Word of God. It's a powerful thing. Well, I, that's another teaching for another time. But, uh, but so what he's saying is this is the time now that David's tabernacle has been restored where all are coming, all can come and freely worship God. There, there are no rules and regulations. There are hoops to jump through. And all can freely come into the presence of God. All nations, all Gentiles, anyone can come. This is glorious. This is the time, ladies and gentlemen, that we are living in right now. Thank God Almighty. Huh? So we are the tabernacle of David, but the day uh, of the Gentile is coming to an end because God still has some business he's got to finish up with the nation of Israel. Uh, turn to Acts chapter 1, and I'm going to finish here in just a couple of minutes. Acts chapter 1 for a moment, and let's, let's look at that. I want us to understand the kind of time that we're living in, and uh, so you can see that, there's a, that you're part of a huge, huge story, a huge picture. Amen. Acts chapter 1, verse 3 uh, this is Jesus, or, or actually this is about Jesus here. It says, To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So after Jesus was raised from the dead, he spent 40 days talking to his disciples as, as well as others. There were 500 witnesses actually to his resurrection, but he mainly spent that time with his guys teaching them things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, verse 4, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So apparently in this whole 40-day conference, if you will, they had on the kingdom of God with Jesus, he told them there was a time coming when the kingdom of God would be restored back to Israel. All right? So they're thinking, cool, is that now? Is it Now is it time? And so Jesus didn't, didn't rebuke them and say, what are you talking about? You don't even know what you're saying. What are you talking about? Going to be restored. No, Jesus said, listen to this. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. And then verse 8 says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be witnesses to me. All right? So, that, so we do know that, that this dispensation of time, this dispensation of grace, this time of the Gentiles where the tabernacle of David has been rebuilt, restored, is going to come to an end, and God is going to begin to do business again with Israel. All right? And uh, that's, that's why we talk about there's a time when the Holy Spirit, as well as His church, is going to be caught up and taken out. All right? And then God will then begin to work in the earth through the Jewish nation. Romans chapter 11. I'm almost through. Let's look at this. Romans chapter 11. So we're going to say, well, what comes after? First, there was this tabernacle of Moses. There was the, the tabernacle, tabernacle of David. But then there was also, remember, the house that David wanted to build for God. But his son Solomon got to build that house, and that was the 
temple of Solomon. All right? Romans chapter 11, and all three of those things represent different times that we are living in. All right? Verse 25, Romans chapter 11, Paul says, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion that blindness in part has happened to Israel, watch, until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. All right? So God has some things to finish up with, his, with the seed, the natural seed of Abraham, which is coming later on. All right? But for now, we're in this tabernacle of David. All can come in. His arms are open wide. Jesus Christ is seated in his own blood. Hallelujah. Ensuring that all men have access to God. Glory to God. All right. Um, so uh, let me, let me if, I, I want to encourage you to write this down. And we'll talk about this a little bit later. But just, just write these things down for just a moment. The New Testament divisions of these three tabernacles. All right. This is really cool. Matthew through Acts chapter 9 represents the time of the tabernacle of Moses. Matthew chapter 1, or Matthew, through Acts chapter 9. It's the tabernacle of Moses. Um, and then Acts chapter 10 through Philemon, P-H-I-L-E-M-O-N. It was the Jamaican, the Philemon. Acts 10 through Philemon, and that is the time of the tabernacle of David, which we are living in. And then Hebrews through Revelation would be the temple of Solomon. Really cool stuff. We'll, we'll, like I said, we'll get into that a little bit later, but I want to just kind of uh, set that up for you. It's great, great stuff. All right? Matthew through Acts 9, tabernacle of Moses. Acts 10 through Philemon. Tabernacle of David, Hebrews to Revelation, the Temple of Solomon. All right, let's jump back over to Acts 15. We're not going to get through the whole thing, so breathe a sigh of relief. Verse 18, known to God from eternity are all his works. Therefore, I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God, but that we write to them. This, remember, this is James speaking, the pastor of the church there. But we write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols from sexual immorality, from things strangled, and from blood. All right, what in the world is this about? All right, yeah, they don't have to keep the law of Moses, but here's some things we want them to stay away from. Things polluted by idols, sexual immorality, from things strangled, and from blood. Now, all four of those things had to do with the way the pagans worshipped God. All right, it was their practices of worship. So he was specifically dealing with the idolatry to get them out of their expressing worship through physical things and worshiping wooden images and all those kinds of things and to turn and eat certain things offered up to idols and only turn to God. All right, this is all James is saying. All right, this, he's dealing with these pagan practices of worship. All right, um, because uh, there was a, the temple Diana, is where they, they um, would come into worship, but there would be these temple prostitutes, and um, they would sit um, on, on the ground with this, this uh, kind of a dress, and it would, they would pull it tight. They would kind of sit like this. Is it politically correct to say Indian style? I don't know. I, 
whatever. They would sit like this, and they would pull their, their dress tight like this, and, um, and they, they would come, and they would flip a coin over onto whatever prostitute they wanted, and then she would take that money then and then offer it up to the idol, Diana, and then she would go, they would go worship together um, their way. All right? So that was a very common practice, and, and Paul had to get a lot of that out of the, the, uh, the Corinthian church. All right? Uh, verse 21, for Moses has had throughout uh, many generations those who preach him in every city being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. Then it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch. So they're going back where that, that dispute started with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was also called named Barsabbas, Barsabbas and Silas, leading men among the brethren. So now they wrote this letter, right, to take back to Antioch because these other guys are stirring it up, saying, no, you got to be circumcised to be saved. And James says, shine all that. According to Peter, he's, he's convinced us all that it's by faith. But here are some, some practical things that you can do to live a holy life, a consecrated life so you don't look like everybody else. Get out of that, that pagan kind of worship and turn to God. That's basically what the letter said. And we'll get into the rest of the chapter on, uh, on that letter and how they received it later on. All right? Praise God. Let's just bow our heads for just a moment. Father, I want to thank you for my wonderful family here tonight. Thank you, God, for the message of the, of the gospel. Thank you, Lord, that we can come here tonight and learn uh, so many things about your scriptures. Lord, it's alive. There's so much rich history in it, God. And, Lord, we understand where we are right now in this time. What an, what an amazing day we're living in today, this day of grace, where your arms are open to all the world saying, come, come. And this message in us, as Paul said in Corinthians, this message in us is a message of reconcilia reconciliation. And it is as God is, is, is pleading through us, be reconciled to God. God, help us to be on fire, God, with this gospel, to bring good tidings so that great joy would be caused in people's lives. Thank you, God, for this liberating message of Christ. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your great love for us. And I thank you that even tonight, Lord, your people are forgiven. They are blessed. They are, they are built up tonight by your word. And the deposit of the word, God, I thank you that it's going deep into their lives. Because, Lord, it is by your word that we live. Jesus said we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Lord, there are here to... Some here tonight, God, who need a healing touch, and I thank you for healing flowing to them even now. There's some here, God, who need restoring. Lord, they need, to, they, they need reconciliation in their relationships, and I thank you, God, that you are able to do that in a moment, that love would abound. There's some here, God, who need financial breakthroughs, and I thank you, God, that you are able to make all grace abound to us, that we have an abundance for every good work, God. You know the needs here. You see the hearts. And I thank you, Father, that you are a very present help in time of need. Bless your people as they go now, that they go strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 a.m., 11 a.m., or 1 p.m., and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Please visit onecausechurch.com for location and events. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at One Cause Church. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, you can now donate securely online. Just click on the link located on the front page of our website at onecausechurch.com.